0: Welcome, everyone, to the preview episode for Kathisma. This is the beginning of a new series where we investigate the section of Vespers called the Kathisma. And one of the things we're going to talk about in this episode is, first of all, defining the word Kathisma, but also kind of working through those five levels of meaning and giving you a preview of what we talked about. So at the time of the recording of this episode, we've already actually finished recording the entire series. And we're just going to give you a teaser or a preview of what's to come. So uh, I think it'd be worth, first of all, just defining the word kathisma to make sure we're all on the same page, Father Jeffrey.
1: Sure. Well, it has quite simply the meaning of sitting, and we're going to explore in this series um, just the kind of aspect of prayer that is implied by that posture it's maybe not the kind of posture you would normally think of for prayer but we'll explore what it means the implications for how we're listening and how we're participating in the liturgy in this particular way in the because it's in vespers it's also in other parts of the liturgy of the hours as well where we have this opportunity to sit and listen to psalms
0: Hmm. So one of the aspects of this part of the service is the continuation, the, the continual reading of the psalms. So one of the things we talked about was the idea of praying, not necessarily on theme, as in, well, it's it's a Friday, so on Fridays we remember the cross. That's kind of the day, the the theme of that day. Um, so not so much praying on theme, but praying in continuous reading of the psalm that you just pick up the psalm book and you read the next psalms wherever you left off. Um, so, But before we get to that, I think I want to contextualize where this falls in the service. So we started with Psalm 103, which introduces, kind of sets the stage for how we think about God, how we think about the world and our, and our, and our place in it. And then we have the Litany of Peace, which talks about that peace, that shalom of God, the series we just finished. And now we have... Kathisma. So, what does the Cathisma add to Vespers uh, being where it is, Father Jeffrey?
1: Well, we're going to talk in this series about the two different sort of modes of prayer that are involved uh, throughout the liturgy of the hours, and they, you know, can largely be attributed to you know, ancient practice that was, uh, in the one hand, in the desert and more monastically oriented, and the other in the city, and the kind of cathedral or parish practice there. And there's, we'll draw some pretty uh, sharp distinctions between these two uh, kind of approaches. It's not to say that, you know, one mode was the only mode in operation in those two places, but they take those names because of the historical Kind of context that they arose in, and so the opportunity that um, the cathismata or cathisma section of the service affords us is to kind of move into you know from one mode, uh, that is to say, the more cathedral and sung mode the more expressive liturgically into a kind of quieter mode of the desert and contemplative and uh, sadly you know we're going to talk about a lot of times these are left out because people don't necessarily understand the purpose and value of that but if we retain it then we can you know, have that balance between the the much more active parts of the service, the much more sung and bright and festive, and then really a kind of mode of, of quiet contemplation, which brings its own gifts to us, its own, its own opportunities for us spiritually in terms of the way we engage in the overall service.
0: Yeah, one of the things that we're going to talk about is the fact that most of our listeners and most Orthodox people in North America, our ex- our experience of Vespers usually only comes on a Saturday evening. And on Saturday evening, the Book of Psalms kind of repeats and you start again at the beginning, which means that you're going to do Kathisma 1. So before we start talking about Blessed is the Man and, and all that, I think it would be worth exploring a little bit about how the book is presented to us, right? So you have the book of Psalms in the Bible, but there's also a Psalter. So it's a word that people use to describe the book of Psalms bound as a separate volume. Can you talk a little bit about the structure of the Psalter and how all that works?
1: Sure, and that's a really good point because, you know, we on one end think of the bible as one book one volume that sits on our shelf or well, we pull it off the shelf and we read it but uh, in actual fact through most of church history you know the bible which literally just means a library uh operates you know in all kinds of different contexts in different ways and different sections of it whether they were in scrolls or books you know would be used in in different ways so you know we've Keep the book of the Gospels as a separate book, and that's on the altar. Well, one of the things that will always be by the 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 cantor stand or the chanting stand is a, a psalter, a, a book of Psalms, and. It, I mean, it's the 150 Psalms, as you would expect to find uh, in, in your kind of wider collection of, of the, the Bible as a volume, but it also has certain structural differences. And that is that the 150 Psalms are divided into 20 sort of sections of Psalms, and each of those has the name Kathisma, so the plural Kathismata. The singular cathisma, and then each of those cathisma uh, is divided into three uh, further sections, so that you get sixty altogether. But each of those uh, smaller sections is called a stasis, and so that they're appointed to be read um, during the the church week uh, through most of the church year. You read the psalter pretty much in its entirety and then during great lent you read it twice in its entirety if you were to cover all of the services and read the appointed psalms at their their different times. There's another practice, which you've kind of alluded to, which is, you know, if you're not going to do all of that, then you just do a kind of continual reading on your own schedule. And there's, you can find on the internet, different adapted uh, schedules. Uh, St. John of Shanghai and San Francisco famously came up with a parish, you know, schedule for Kathismata that allows more of the psalms to be read at the times that most people are in church. So there are different kind of uh, schedules of that. You'll find one in the Festal and that is the kind of standard one but otherwise the the principle there is that you you know take a section and you read continuously so as you said before it's not appointed because it has the theme of morning or evening or repentance or or feast or or procession or any of these these things It, it has it just has to do with that's where you left off the last time and now you're picking up with the next one
0: at our parish here St. Maria of Paris Orthodox Mission in Hamilton we are currently serving matins and liturgy on Wednesday mornings as we don't have access to a church on Sunday a building I should say on Sunday and our practice for the, t- the in matins when it calls t- when it, when it comes time to read a kathisma our practice is to read one stasis instead of one full kathisma um, I'm not sure if that's a practice you've heard of anywhere else, but that's oh, one sure, of the ways. That's
1: quite common in, in parish practice. As I say, you know, in a lot of cases it's dropped altogether. So any retention of this section, you know, I would applaud. Um, and and you know, just take, for example, Vespers, which is the principal service where we talk about in this series, uh, about the, the place of the Cathisma. I mean, each of the stasis, the three stasis that are appointed in that, you know, one Cathisma should be separated by a little litany. And if you look in, you know, the, the deacon service book, the priest service book, you'll see, you know, the, the different litanies and exclamations are given there, assuming, you know, not only have you done you know, the opening psalm and then the, the litany piece, but then three sections of the Psalter, each with uh, a little litany following. So, uh, and you will see this in parish practice, pretty uh, pretty much limited to Great Lent and the practice of the pre-sanctified liturgy, where you have that and they're, they're the kind of opening uh, antiphons of, of that service. But that that's appointed for, a, you know, every daily Vesper service, it could have that structure. But there are very few parishes that would do all of that. And the practice you allude to of um, doing sim- simply a single stasis with, you know, presumably a single little litany afterwards is a kind of uh, adaptation to parish constraints that is fairly common.
0: The uh, so the one of the other podcasts that I have is Unceasing, it's the virtual chapel in which. Matins every morning you can listen to, or um, divine, uh, not divine liturgy, um, uh, Vespers in the evening you can listen to. And one of the things that I've left out is this section, the Kathisma, um, because there's so much change and and um, everything like that. So I, I would like to talk a little bit about why it is that this section of Vespers gets either shortened or basically cut out. Usually, that's the first thing that people would cut out if they were trying to shorten. A service
1: oh yeah i've been at uh, you know serving in different places either as a deacon or as a presbyter and you know one of the first things in the kind of consultation the hurried consultation in the altar before a service and you know maybe with the cantor there is are we doing the cathismata right that's the question uh it's an easy thing to drop uh it's thought without you know substantially changing the structure of the service uh it doesn't pertain you know because by design it doesn't pertain to say the themes of the day so if you're celebrating a feast or particular saints or whatever there's, you're not losing that connection so i think the assumption that's drawn from that is it's very easy to just drop it and besides which there's lots of psalms anyway you know if you're doing a full vigil you know don't don't only have the all the psalms that are in, in vespers but you have six psalms at the beginning of matins and you have some you know 50 uh coming up uh, later in matins you've got the psalms on the the praises and so forth um so there's plenty of scope still for use of psalms again it's dispensable right it's it's easily uh set aside but what you don't actually um retain in that sense is a mode of prayer that is implied by, you know, this kathisma, this idea of sitting and meditatively, more reflectively entering into the kind of, um, you know, quiet, recitation of the psalms uh you know this isn't the way you know the opening psalm and a vigil is sung you know with the sensing and the the lights and so forth it's not the way the Polyoleos. uh you know will be sung uh you know the those psalms of many mercies and in, in matins and so forth again with sensing and and lights and so forth so it, there is a mode of prayer that is to be preserved here and not just simply, you know, the idea of saying psalms and we've got them elsewhere, why do we need it here?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's very interesting because the kathisba, you're talking about that section of Vespers preserving a mode of prayer as opposed to necessarily particular prayers because the psalms change every every time. But that being said, most Orthodox people's experience of Vespers is only Saturday evening Great Vespers, where when it comes time for this section of the service, it's often just called the Blessed is the man, right? Even the title page of that music or that the book you might have in your hand might say blessed is the man as sort as like the title of that part of the service. And one of the reasons is because that the first line of the first psalm is blessed is the man and on Saturday night is when you turn back to the beginning of the psalms again and start reading. But in parish practice, at least at our parish and many that I've been a part of, is you don't actually read the psalms. You just pick out five or six verses from the first three psalms and you sing those with a refrain of hallelujah in between and then you call it a day.
1: That's right. So, this harkens back to that other mode of prayer, you know, the, the, the more cathedral parish practice and so forth, where in actual fact, the, the totality of the services as they were done in that cathedral practice, you know, was excerpted psalms and, and sung bits of psalms, particularly with refrains and so forth. So that practice of turning, it's actually the, the whole of the first stasis of the first cathisma. Uh, blessed is the man. It, it takes, you know, two verses from each of the first three psalms and adds a refrain that is sung. And that practice, you know, reflects kind of moving out of that cathisma mode and it, technically it's the cathisma part of the service but it's no longer in that mode because it's taken on that festive character of the sung service and so forth and that's because it's the eve of sunday on saturday evening so it's it's the feast of the resurrection that is also appointed on feast days you know major saints and that sort of thing um so unless you're in the habit of going to vespers more often than just on Saturday evenings and feast, eves of feasts, then you're not actually going to experience, at least in Vespers, that kind of mode of, of more quiet prayer and so forth that you have, that the Katharism is meant to be kind of preserving from, you know, that time when cathedral rite and monastic rite came together in the kind of amalgam that we have today in our Liturgy of the Hours. I mean, that mode was meant to be preserved um, you know it at these appointed parts of the service there's an analogous thing that happens in matins of course where uh, psalms 134 135 which are you know appointed on saturday evenings as part of the cathisma of matins are and, and then during the winter months anyway and where the, there's more dark at night so the the, the there's more matins time to fill the they get turned into a kind of more festive hymn as well with sensing and so forth that's the the famous polioleos. and you know again very rarely would you just have a quiet meditation on of those psalms they they take on this more festive cathedral character and you know it's it's a part of both preserving the you know the parish side the cathedral side of of the history but also just the fact that you know when you are in that time and space of celebrating the resurrection or celebrating a feast, it's hard to, to kind of retain a very quiet and contemplative state. It's more the weekday services that are capable of doing that.
0: So the the word you you said comes from the word to sit, right? And the going assumption is that one of the ways that we actually participate in this part of the service is we sit down and we listen. So, would you characterize this as sort of a passive participation in what's going on? Like one person's reading, we're just sitting and taking it in. Or would you characterize it as, I don't know, more, maybe more active, even though you're only sitting? I guess the question is, how is how does sitting affect that mode of prayer?
1: Right. So our assumption, I think, as people you know, the 21st century is to sit is the kind of most relaxed position, you know, to be in. And so, you know, is this sitting with an eye to napping or something of that sort? And if that's the case, then we've got this wrong. Because actually, it's the better term maybe to, to reflect on. And we do talk about this in the series is uh, stillness. So being still, being, uh, you know, bringing all of your senses and, you know, your your physical self into this position of attention internally. You know, there's the kind of uh, very contemporary practice now of mindfulness, uh, and it's not dissimilar to that. We're being asked to return to ourselves, you know, not be wandering about the place, not kissing icons, not lighting candles, not even actively making the sign of the cross or bowing and these kinds of things. To come into this position isn't to rest and relax, but to be still, to be in a position to receive. And and actually, it frees us up internally, spiritually, mentally, in order to pay a lot more attention and be a lot more active inside, because it's about Reaching out then to the kind of words and narrative of the psalms as they're read to find points of connection and transformation.
0: The final question, maybe, unless I think of another one, that's always a possibility. But uh, it would be, how do we actually get affected by this part of the service outside of church? Um, how how can we maybe take some of these practices home, or what are maybe some good ways of doing that, or what are maybe some bad ways? of bringing this practice home, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, obviously, the the good thing is that we need to find moments in our life to still ourselves. You know, we are prone in our day and age to assume that the only way to be human is to be busy, 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 and to never stop. And even when we are given occasions to stop, we panic, right? And we then try to fill that with, you know, putting on, you know, a a music player and filling our mind with music, or even trying to listen to a podcast while we're, you know, traveling or something like that. But we need to find times and places to be still, you know, we're going to talk in the in the series about Um, You know, the prophet Elijah, who came to know God in stillness, you know, not in the whirlwind of the world around him, but genuinely in that still small voice and training ourselves to do that, you know, liturgically in in the assembly uh, of the church. As part of the liturgical worship of the church, is is really important. So if we can take that practice, you know, away from us, and also take very specifically the the learning and insight that we get from the specific psalms, you know, that are read, maybe it's a word or a verse from a psalm that that we carry with us in our hearts, in our minds, as we go about our daily life, and it, we, it allows us to return again and again into the, the the wider worship of the church in a way that maybe. You know other parts of the service don't because it's hard to kind of you know you might be humming a hymn of the church or whatever during your your daily you know activities and everything but it's it's kind of hard to be there in that full festive mode of the church but that quiet mode of contemplation and reflection is something that we can definitely take you know with us um, as we go out from from the church
0: yeah the ancient faith Psalter is available as an audiobook um and one of the things, one of the temptations for me is that I will be out doing something, whether it's grocery shopping or going for a walk or whatever, and I will maybe put in the Psalter or put in some sort of scriptural reading in my headphones. And I often hear maybe only 25% of the words that are actually being said because I'm, you know, doing other things. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just don't think it's as good a thing when it comes to the Psalter, if if you could go and sit down quietly for ten minutes and listen to a Kathisma at home and just breathe and be there present, uh, I think our culture is addicted a little bit to efficiency, get getting things done, and the 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 mode of worship here is not about getting things done. Um, it's about experience.
1: Yeah, it's the the assumption of 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 quiet and being still as being kind of idle. Uh, it comes from a very false assumption about the human person and, and what we're supposed to be, you know, doing. Maybe it's something to do with the, uh, you know, kind of Protestant work ethic embedded in our culture in, you know, capitalist society. But the idea that you have to be constantly producing is, is wrong. And it just doesn't give us that, that opportunity. In some ways, this is a, a regular Sabbath moment. You know, that'd be another way of talking about it. Um, the idea of, of resting and, and resting specifically in the embrace and care and knowledge of God rather than, you know, just kind of going into some sort of state of of non-being.
0: Great. Well, I think that we've covered kind of the basics of everything we're going to talk about in this in this series, which I'm excited for you all to listen to. Father Jeffrey, was there anything final you'd like to say before we take it home?
1: I don't think so. No, I look forward to hearing what people say about uh, our reflection on this part of the service, which, is, as I say, is often overlooked or neglected. Maybe we can do something to renew people's practice of, of the Kathisma.
0: Thanks so much for listening to another episode of enacting the kingdom for bonus episodes and content, or if you'd simply like to see this show continue, consider becoming a patron at patreoncom slash enacting the kingdom. See you next time.